Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Pull up a seat. Welcome to the happy hour. Come on in. Come on in. We're inviting you to some good old times. Last hour of the show. Uh, still waiting on Chris Ello. I don't know what happened on this drive to Logan. I know he's all right, but he's not in a spot to set up yet and join us. I got to say, one of the, like, the traveling for the Mountain West is brutal because you only can fly into the major airports and then you have to drive hours. So Chris, I, I, he said hour he, 19, right? Hour 19 from Salt Lake to Logan, Utah on a bus, which yeah. takes forever. So we're, we're waiting on Chris. Um, in, in terms of the news today, not a lot going on. What we do know is the NBA is uh, making some noise today. They've pretty much led the way in terms of sporting news. Uh, it started Last night, Joel Embiid put up 70, becomes the ninth player to score 70 points in an NBA game. Um, Certainly, it comes on the 18th year anniversary on Kobe Bryant scoring 81. Uh, Joel Embiid went with the Wilt Chamberlain piece of paper, 70 on it. Yeah, that was cool. I think he's the first player, though, to have 70 15 and 9, I think it was. He had 9 assists? Yeah, something along those lines. He had a, a, a unbelievable day. And a victory, I might add, against the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Wimby, who I, I saw him kind of joking around, he, he made Wimby makes Joel Embiid look small. And it's the strangest thing to that see this dude who, you know, Joel Embiid's 7-1. He's a true 7-footer. Wimby making him look like a, a, a small person. There's no... In my mind, there's no way Wemby could guard him. Yeah, he's too light. In the the size of yeah. Embiid is like then twice of what. No Wemby one has. did guard him last night. I mean, it was it was a pretty spectacular performance, and I, as I said, with a win. Now the other performance in last night's NBA was Carl uh, Anthony Towns. He put in 62. Um, unfortunately for Carl Anthony Towns, they lose to the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets were, I think, four and seventeen on the road going into that game. They get their fifth win. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Carl Anthony Towns only scored four points in the fourth quarter. He had twenties in the first two. I think he had high teens in the third, and then only four uh, in that in that fourth quarter. And we played it earlier for you guys. Chris Finch was not happy with his ball club. 
Well, I mean, it was an absolute disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball um, all the way through the game. So it really didn't slip away. It had been there from the jump. So this is what happens when you uh, have this type of approach. Just because you've scored two or three or four points in a row, or baskets in a row, doesn't, you know, obviously we're going to try to feed a hot hand, look for a hot hand, but at some point we got to get back to making the right play. We got to get back to doing the right things. Um, and, um, you know, that's just, uh, like I said, there's a lot of ways to be immature. There's always a lot of ways to be immature. Um, and there was a lot of immature performances here throughout the, the roster. We totally disrespected the game ourselves. Um, and we got exactly what we deserve. So he was he was not happy, as Tony would say, yowzas, <laughs> yowzas. I love this. No, I mean, listen. If you watched any of the the game, it was pretty apparent what he was talking about. The Minnesota Timberwolves. This isn't you know your your you, your granddad's. You okay? No, I'm not. <laughs> this is this isn't your granddad's T Wolves. This team is good. This is number two team in the Western Conference right now. And they're playing the Charlotte Hornets, who are one of the worst teams in the league. And what he was talking about is, it, you know, Carl Anthony Towns got going early. They fed the hot hand. And he was pretty much hot until the fourth quarter. But in the process of you consistently, or his team consistently going to Carl Anthony Towns, everybody else ends up doing what? They end up watching. Yeah. And, and it takes everybody else out of the game. And all of a sudden, Charlotte was able to – they basically outscored the T-Wolves by 20. Anthony Edwards, who, who's having a breakout season, had nine points. He only had 11 shots. Something wrong with that. that. that I mean, that's, that's not how they got to be the second-best te- team in the Western Conference. It was a great performance by Carl Anthony Towns. I think he was 10 of 15 from the three-point line, but that's all in a loss. I think his team will probably respect him and and use this because they're of their success. If this I, I comes would, that's a great point. If this comes in a season where they're they have a losing record or things aren't going well, they're tuning out. It's like you're not doing anything right yourself. Look where yeah. we're at. But yeah. this team he clearly has their attention. I mean, nobody had the T Wolves. I don't care if it is only January twenty third. Nobody had them being the second team in the Western Conference. No, it's a team that barely got in last year. Timberwolves are like the last time they were good was when Kevin Garnett was on the team. In my mind, it's been a while. It's been a long time. I know Patrick Beverly was running around jumping on <laughs> things when they got in the playoffs that one year, but they haven't been this good since Kevin Garnett. Where's Pat Bev? Is he? He's with the Seventy Sixers. He was a part of that seventy point joint uh, okay. yesterday. He keeps finding teams that love him. He's a winning player. Yeah. You know, he's he's tough. I mean, you hate him if he's on the other side. <laughs> I know I do. Yeah. But when he's on your team, you love him. He's one of those type of guys. Uh, he is funny, though, because he took the camera from the audience that one time <laughs> and showed the ref. showed the referee. That's an all-timer. That right is there. an all-timer. That, that is. is an all-timer. Um, there was a trade today. Uh, the Heat trade Kyle Lowry. They get Terry Rozier. I would describe it as basically the Heat got a younger, more athletic version of Kyle Lowry. A tough-nosed defender. Like, he's willing. They call him Scary Terry for a reason. He used to get it when Brooklyn, or not, when he was with the, when he was with the Celtics. Remember that Kyrie Irving got hurt. That's where Terry Rozier got to kind of step in, and that team ended up having some success. But he's been kind of 
in the background in Charlotte. Nobody was really paying attention out there. Plus, they got LaMelo Ball. So now he comes as his Heat team. I don't know that you can pick a player that fits the Heat culture that they talk about as good as Terry Rozier. He's going to fit in perfectly with that team. So then why did the Hornets make this trade? Because the Hornets are bad. But they're not really getting anything they back. Got, they got some picks, too, I think. Okay, I'm not they got picks, I don't think sorry. it was just a straight-up straight up trade. The trades in the NBA are always so confusing to me because usually they involve three you got, teams. And, and you got to match, picks. you got to match salaries yeah, and things that of that nature. That sounds very confusing. It definitely can be uh, confusing. I think the biggest news in the NBA though is Adrian Griffin, who has coached the Milwaukee Bucks to a thirty and thirteen record. He gets let go today. A, a bit of a surprise for a team that is also second in the Eastern Conference, only behind the Boston Celtics. Um, there has been some slippage. This has been a, a defensive team since they've come into their success, and they are now third, I think, or third from the bottom in defensive efficiency. Um, this team is still almost 20 games over 500, but uh, certainly the brass in Milwaukee felt like there needed to be a change. Uh, General Manager John Horse in a statement said this was a difficult decision to make during the season. We are working immediately towards hiring a new head coach. We thank Coach Griffin for his hard work and contributions to the team, but it's already being said that Doc Rivers is at the top of the list, and I just saw something come across my phone that said they've already been in discussions in terms of him taking over this team. And, you know, you, you make a trade and you bring a Damian Lillard, you get rid of Drew Holiday, who was on your championship team. Uh, there's probably a, a lot of expectation now. Yeah, I mean, I don't get it, but we don't know what's going on on the inside. You know, one of the biggest things I learned in this job is that we have no idea what's happening inside the building. Yeah. And it could be that he's really hard to work with or something where they're just like, this guy needs to go. Um, but it just sounds like they caught, to me, it sounds like they're like, I, I don't even know how to put it because it's so crazy because he's winning. And even if their defense is bad, you want to keep that flow going. Doc Rivers, even though he's an experienced coach, he's going to come in and things are going to be different for that team. Yeah, it's an interesting move. They're, they're three and a half games behind the number one seed, so they're not by any means out of it. Um, they just haven't played at least to what the expectation was. It's been, as I said, it's been a defensive-oriented team, and they have played no defense this year. And you still got the same roster. That was terrific. You still got Brooke Lopez. You still got Giannis. You still got Portis. You got some defenders that that do it there, and it just hasn't come to fruition, at least from that standpoint. At least the NBA is not like, I think I said it earlier, college football, where they hire a guy for $70 million and then they fire him like three this is, games in. This is the college football version of that, though. Yeah, but this doesn't happen often. No, it doesn't. First year firing? He, he just got the job in, during the offseason after they fired in Budenholzer. Yeah. And, and so obviously they four, liked him four, then. Right, four and a half months later, he gone. That would be rough. That would be really rough. Because now, I mean, he's fine. He'll be financially okay. But now he doesn't have a job. Yeah. Now he's. Just, I mean, maybe a team brings him in, but not as a head coach. Uh, Tristan Thompson suspended for twenty five games. PEDs. Yeah, it's, they they weren't working. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they were working. He just got caught. I guess so. I didn't even know he was still in the NBA. When you told me that earlier, I was like, really? 
I honestly I, I forgot that he was in the league. I didn't know that he was. I forgot that he was with the Cavs at I, this point. I mean, how many teams has he played for? Honestly, he played I'm for the looking, Lakers briefly. Briefly, he played for a lot of teams briefly, um, but I can't find it quick enough. The the drug that was um, he was caught with is known to um, boost HGH levels. Human growth hormone. Yes. And is it like a common one? I'm not sure if it's common or not, but that's the drug that he uh, did. He say for. a I, friend gave it to him. He he did that's not. The next thing that's usually he, said. He did not give an excuse, at least that I read okay. at this point. Doesn't mean he didn't tell the folks something, but um, he's suspended for 25 games. He started with the Cavs in 2011. He actually played there for nine years. And then he went to the Celtics, the Kings, the Pacers, the Bulls, the Lakers. And now he's back with the Cavs. Ibutamorin is what he was, which is a growth hormone commonly used by bodybuilders and weightlifters for muscle enhancement. And apparently, he didn't even try to like. It seems like it was pretty blatant. Like he didn't even try to mask it. Um, <laughs> it just doesn't surprise me whatsoever. I'm sorry. Well, uh, I put up a poll earlier today of Clayton Kershaw. And whether or not the Padres should kick the tires on him. Hold that thought. Oh, why? Because we're going to go to break. Clayton Kershaw, Noah Syndergaard, possibly Michael Lorenzen. Padres? We'll discuss. <laughs> on the other side, we're going to Chris. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Five Spring training right around the corner. I'm heading out on the 18th. What is the actual pitchers and catchers report date? It's great. You know? um, I did check it a little bit ago. Let me just double check before I Meanwhile, tell the wrong thing. Padres may or may not, depending on who's telling the truth. <laughs> be in on Michael Lorenzen and Noah Syndergaard, both through bullpen sessions for about 16 MLB teams in California uh, today. Sources say both players impressed in throwing session, with Syndergaard consistently sitting 93 to 95. Syndergaard 31 is coming off a season in which he posted a 6.50 ERA, 88 innings with the Dodgers and Guardians. He's a candidate for a one-year deal. Drawing interest from said to be the Padres and the Pirates, among others. Lorenzen had the no-no in the Vans, 
Who was he? Was he pitching with the? Who was he pitching with when he threw the no hitter? Oh, it was the, the Phillies. Phillies. Yeah, it was like his first start for yeah. the Phillies in after the, they traded for him. Got him in the vans, and by the time he got to San Diego, he was coming out of the bullpen. Second half of the season didn't go as well as the first half did. Remember, the Phillies traded for him at the at the deadline. He yes, was one of the did. deadline deals. Yeah, trying to bolster that team. I don't even know that he was on the postseason roster. I don't think he was by that time. Well, <laughs> so. Uh, I found out that it's February 11th. That Pitchers the, and catchers. Yeah, which is a terrible date for them because that's uh, Super Bowl Sunday right there. They're going to be right, after yeah. doing that. They're going to be reporting and then leaving. Oh, so, well, yeah, tell us. What, what does a report day look like, like the first day? They'll, they'll report. They'll, there won't be any, like, real workouts. I mean, there will be some workouts. There will be some bullpens thrown. Uh, what, you all right? Yeah, Chris told us he wasn't going to be on the show, but now he says he's there. You know, you know how that goes. So is is he coming on? He are says you? he's connected. Chris, are you there? Oh, yes, he is. Tearing up some paper. No, that's his microphone. Chris, can you hear me? Hello? Hey. Hi, Chris. Yeah. You're on. Man. That was smooth. <laughs> Super how was, smooth. How was your travel? He, like, one mile an hour, or was he going under the speed limit? I don't know, but we it took way too long. I mean, it's supposed to be an hour and 19 minutes. It took like two hours. You sound a little cranky. You right do now, sound Chris. a little cranky. I'm good. All right. All right. Well, we're talking uh, Michael Lorenzen, Noah Syndergaard. They both threw bullpens for 16 MLB teams. Padres were reportedly one of the teams. Uh, it sounds uh, – these guys always impress in these uh, particular bullpen sessions, but – uh, these are the first couple names that have come across our uh, board here in okay. quite some time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. This is. Uh... Are we actually on the air? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I was confused as to what is going on. I was like, I was so confused. I thought you guys were just like talking to me off the air. No, 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 you, no, no, no. You're Hi, on... everyone in San Diego. <laughs> How goodness. are you? Oh, thank goodness you. Yeah, okay. You guys in San Diego are so lucky. You are so lucky because you're not in Logan, Utah, where it's freezing cold. Um, well, I'm happy to hear a couple of names have come across the board for the Padres, if nothing else, and at least. The Dodgers aren't signing these guys, right? I mean, True. or at least we don't think so. Did they get James Paxton done today? Yeah, it sounds like they did get James Paxton done. Yeah, they're just making it really, really unfair and really, un, really, uh, really making everyone in San Diego very unhappy with all these Dodger signings. But, you know, the Padres just got to keep moving forward doing what they do. I have a question for you, Chris. Now, I put up a tweet earlier today that said, okay, I'm going to ask it for the show. Should the Padres bring in Clayton Kershaw? Yes or no? And the no vote won, which I expected. It did. 70.6% versus 29.4%. The first comment I got was... Why do you think that was? I don't know. The first comment I got was, are you on drugs? (laughs) And I said, maybe, but I'm not. I don't Uh, think you are. I think... It's not my money. I mean, you'd probably have to pay more than you want to, but I, I... I'm, you know what? I've given up on giving up on Clayton Kershaw. Hmm. That's a good way. Of putting you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it seems like this guy, you know, is about ready to not be able to get the job done, and then every year he keeps getting the job done. And I know he pitched poorly in the one playoff game, but he helped him get there. 
Yeah. I, I would love something like that in a last minute move. Why are Padre, are, I, I know why, but Padre fans got to get over this whole thing that we can't have a guy who ever played on the Dodgers before. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that Clayton would entertain it, but if he did and he was willing to sign, Yes, absolutely. But why wouldn't he entertain it? If the Dodgers aren't willing to bring him back, I guess he could go find a contender that's closer. In the same way Tony Gwynn didn't want to consider the other options out there. It's, it might be important to him to play in one place. He could go back to his hometown, Texas. We know they've been in on him the last couple of years, but he hasn't done it. And that tends me, that leads me to believe that it's important, at least for at least in, it seems as if it's more important to um, to play with one team. He's been there his whole career. I can understand how that's like important. Chris, I, I mean, I mean, wouldn't it be juicy if Clayton Kershaw came to the Padres, had his usual incredibly great regular season, and then in the playoffs pitched the game of his life against the Dodgers? <laughs> that would oh, be juicy, man. That'd right? Be very juicy. How juicy would that be, San Diego fans? <laughs> that Come would on. be sweet. <laughs> yeah, you guys aren't thinking this through properly. You know, the one thing I think that they're going to have to do, I brought this up earlier, is they're going to have to apologize for the crying Kershaw meme on the board. Oh, yes. They might have to, they might have to do that. <laughs> he might be actually kind of angry at the Padres now that I think about it. Because... I know I know he wasn't happy about it. I can tell you that. I got I to yeah. ask you, Chris, because I haven't got a chance to talk to you. Hall of Fame uh, votes are in. Your guy did talk- not get to hear who did not ah. get to hear who was uh, who got put in. I've been on that that bus to, to nowhere <laughs> for the last few hours. <laughs> Three guys got in. Three guys. That's Three guys. it. Yeah, Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Joe Mauer are your three guys. Wow. I got to tell you, I'm very surprised. I thought Wagner was going to make it. He finished one point two percent short. And wow. Gary and, Sheffield. And, and you and I both thought Sheffield and Andrew Jones should have been in. But. Yeah, Sheffield ended up, uh, I think, 12% short. I think he was 63.9. Wow. Um, there's a drop-off between Wagner, who had 73.1, and uh, Sheffield, who had 63%. But those are your those are your guys. Getting Why do you think I, Sheffield I, didn't make it? Because he was his, his name was in the report. It's got to be the only thing. I think that has a lot to do with it. Because yeah, he's got the he's got numbers to support him. Yeah. Twenty two years, long time. But your guy yeah. gets in though, Todd Helton. He, uh, they showed his phone call. Was he a happy guy? He was. He was holding back well, tears. I mean, you know, there's nobody on earth other than me and maybe Todd Helton himself who own a Todd Helton Tennessee Volunteer <laughs> orange jersey. We know each other way too well because I brought that up brought earlier. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I said, now I, you can wear it with pride. Now I can wear it with pride. I, I bought that because our old boss took me to a Tennessee football game down in, uh, in Knoxville, and I bought him a jersey, and I bought me one, and I just thought – I didn't really know what name to put on the back of mine, so I, I thought it'd be fun to put a Todd Helton jersey. And I got a lot of good re- good response from the fans down there at uh, Tennessee. So I wear it once in a while, and Scraby laughs at me because it, it's kind of a bright color. It's super bright. Well, it's orange. Yeah, it's, cre- it's, <laughs> it's like green bright, bright orange. Yeah, it's Tennessee bright orange. It's the most random orange. jersey of all time. So, Chris, you it know, is. you you were kind of keeping us uh, uh, on you keeping tabs on the game last night before we ended the show, but. Joel Embiid ends up with 70 points last night. 
Uh, yeah, at least it, he won the game. Yeah, was, unlike uh, <laughs> unlike Carl Anthony Towns, yeah. whose whose coach like lit him up and the whole team up. Yeah, we we played after the, that we, game. We played the sound uh, for for our listeners. Chris Lynch, or excuse me, Chris yeah. Finch, get li- right. lighting into his teammates or his, his team. Yeah, yeah. Well, Joel Embiid. I mean, I, I, he broke the seventy sixer record, which I was I was stunned by. It right? was his, I think it was his, I think it was his own record that he broke too. Man, I mean that's 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 a good night. It, it makes you believe. I mean, Kobe's. I mean, Kobe's yeah. eighty-one is still another ten points away. But it feels like if you get seventy, you ought to just try to get eighty, right? I mean, you're just you're so close. Carl Anthony Towns actually broke Kobe's record for the first half, though, with forty-four. Yeah, ten of so. 15, ten of fifteen from three-point land as a big man. You know, I can't help but think about what those guys would do NBA. Like, what would Michael be able to put up in this NBA? What would Kobe be able to put up in this NBA? Right, because Michael would be attempting at least 15 threes a game as opposed to the two that he used right. to attempt. Right, That wasn't part of the game plan back then, you know, to shoot that many threes. It was, it was considered kind of a risky shot. Yeah. And uh, so Jordan didn't even – Jordan didn't even set himself up outside the line. So you're right. He would have approached 40. The other guy I've always thought about is in college, Pete Maravich. Yeah. Who scored 40 a game at LSU. And there was no, there was no three point shot at all. Yeah. As a guard. And they didn't, right. And he showed, he scored 40 some odd a game for his career at LSU. So he would have been up around 50 with the three point line. So. Yeah, these guys, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, you can say what you want, and his coach can yell all he wants, but 10 out of 12 shooting in the first half from three, that's good even for Devin Booker or for Steph Curry, Yeah, let alone for Carl Anthony Towns. These guys are impressive, Tony. They really are. This is the most skilled era of basketball. I agree. In the history of basketball, there's no question. I agree, and I know old-timers don't want to hear it because old-timers still like the way they used to – set screens and you know run plays and you know do all those things and i i appreciated all that stuff but it's ridiculous just how i think good these guys are right now yeah no no doubt about it all right let's get to break when we come back aj casavell joined us earlier we talked fantasy basketball unfortunately and what the padres <laughs> have on tap more gwen and chris on the way Five thirty-nine on the clock. You'll get to hear AJ Casavall here in minutes. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Gravy. Chris, it's pretty cold out there, huh? Uh, Thirty-six. See, you know, not the worst I've seen. <laughs> that sounds terrible. for Utah. But uh, you know, I just want to give a quick. You know, if you're on your way to the Aztec basketball game tonight, enjoy six o'clock tip off. I know the Aztecs are big favorites. I think seventeen points, Tony. Seventeen but, and a half. Yeah, but uh, you know these games—you can't afford any missteps right now in this conference. So, Aztecs, you know, need a nice, nice, solid win tonight there against Wyoming, and and then they get a then they get uh, the weekend off to kind of practice for a week before they play Colorado State and Utah State. So, sets up for Brian Dutcher, but you got to go into that week off with a win. Yeah, no doubt about it. Dutch and, and the Aztecs looking to bounce back after a tough uh, loss. Um, this is um, they got they got Wyoming right. It's at home, so yeah, yeah. that's yeah, a tip off here in about an hour and twenty minutes. Uh, AJ, no, twenty minutes. 
20 yeah. minutes, 6 o'clock tonight. Oh, it's a 6 o'clock start. I thought it was 7 o'clock. That's start. right. Oh, right. Excuse me. That too. 19 minutes yeah. from now. Wow. That's right. Yeah, if, if you're listening to the show, you better jump in the car and go. Yeah, don't <laughs> you wait. You better be in your seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, A.J. Casville joined us earlier. Uh, here he is. Here's some traffic. A.J., how are you? Your off season is coming to an end here quickly. Oh, that's not that's not a great way to welcome me. I, I enjoy the offseason, you know, and I I enjoyed spending my offseason Friday night last night watching the Nets beat up on on the Lakers. Oh, so, oh yeah. the Nets are terrible. I didn't want to let that get swept under the rug if I was coming on the show. No, nor should you. I have to tell you, that's as salty as I've been this season watching the Lakers. So salty. They they were handling business, and then the third quarter came, and it was like. It was a it was an imposter team out there as the Lakers. They got drummed by Brooklyn, and uh, I certainly don't do this often, but I definitely took it in a little bit of happiness as the Clippers came back and beat them the following day. <laughs> and I never do that, Ooh. but I, that's how upset I was. AJ, uh, Padres. Well, I was at that game actually. You went to the game. Yeah, the Lakers tickets are too expensive, but the Clippers tickets I can get. Really? That's surprising to me. That is, that is, because the Clippers are just so much better than the Lakers right now. Easy, (laughs) easy. That is a not so secret, secret uh, deal there. Before we get into the baseball, I have to ask you about fantasy basketball. No, you don't. Tony was telling us the other day that he is uh, still struggling. He's got some injury, but how are you doing this year, AJ? We know you struggled last Uh, year, but this year? (laughs) Yeah, terrible. Really, really bad. I, I. Tony and I got to figure something out for next season because this, we're both we're, we've been at the bottom of this league for a couple of years, and I'm pretty good when it comes to like other stuff. Like I've, I've won my fantasy hockey league a couple of times. I don't don't watch hockey that much, but this fantasy basketball league is yeah. I, I haven't been able to figure it out. I'm I, I'm getting pummeled every week. So maybe maybe the two worst teams combine next year and we come together or something. Because right now it's not working for either. I'm relegation. I'm, maybe I'm, we, if there was a relegation, <laughs> we would be, be kicked there. out already. Okay. That's how bad it's been. Uh, AJ Casville joins us, and, and AJ obviously the Padres uh, they still have some things that they they have to address. Uh, it, it's looking more and more as we get closer to spring training that. It's not going to be one of those big, splashy uh, bad boys. It's going to be something along the lines of, of a late. You, you're hearing reports Syndergaard and, and Lorenzen had uh, had bullpens and Padres were in attendance. Is that the kind of signings that we can look to uh, in terms of filling some of those open spots? I think maybe for a signing, that would probably be the level. I think I still think it's possible there's some, some version of a trade out there that, that comes to fruition. Maybe... That's, that's not necessarily any reporting on my front. That's just kind of knowing the way AJ Preller operates, the way he goes about getting his guys. Um, but yeah, I, I think at the, at this point, where where the Padres are and kind of what they've shown so far this offseason, there are still plenty of holes on this roster in the outfield and the rotation. Uh, maybe the way to go about getting those guys is is in some bargain buy low signings like like that. And and on the pitching side of things, especially, they've proven that they can take those guys and turn them into real legitimate options so we'll see uh kind of where that fits in with with what the with what they're trying to do talking to aj casville of com here on Gwen and chris and aj we were well i we weren't talking about this yesterday i was talking about this on twitter this morning and i got crushed for it but have you heard anything about the padres and let me just get this out of the way i am not saying that the padres should sign clayton kershaw i just asked the question but do you think that the kick the tire kicker aj preller should kick some tires on clayton kershaw well, I think the tire kicker AJ Pellers probably picked tire on every free agent available. <laughs> okay. uh, he's, 
Kershaw, Kershaw, I think maybe given the injuries he's he's dealt with, depending on like what he'd be asking for and where and where you'd be, uh, where the Padres would would kind of be with their rotation. I think they might need just a little bit more certainty in terms of what they're getting inning wise, innings wise from a from a starting pitcher. Obviously, Clayton Kershaw is maybe the best pitcher of this generation and everything, but he's he's not that guy right now. And and you want the innings in a rotation that doesn't have a lot of guarantees right now. I mean, even even you, Darvish, and Joe Musgrove, who are, as far as we know, healthy and going to embark on a regular spring training, they're coming off injuries last season. And so when you're when you're trying to find guys, if you're trying to find guys on, on bargain deals, I think you're looking for guys who, who can, can be guaranteed a little bit more innings than that. AJ Castleville joins us here, MLB.com. And AJ, we often spend our time talking about who they don't have on this roster. Well, what they do, do have on this roster is the likes of uh, Xander Bogarts, of Fernando Tatis Jr., and, and probably most importantly, Manny Machado. Now, he's coming, going to be coming into this season having had elbow surgery, but he's also due for a bounce-back season in, in, in regards how big of of a season does – or, well, a bounce-back season, I should say – have in, in in terms of where this Padre team can go. Yeah, he's he's obviously critical, and I've been kind of going around position by position on this roster, writing about each spot. And third base was the one I did last week, and it it was just probably the simplest one because he's the guy. He's entrenched there for a long time, and you kind of know you're going to get you know what you're going to get in terms of the effort and and what he's what he's going to bring to the table and the fact that he's going to try as hard as he can to play every single day. Yeah. If he's healthy, I expect him to be back in that MVP discussion like he's been basically the last couple seasons when he has been healthy. And so I, I just think that uh, after the way last season went, after maybe some of the blame that he got for, for whatever chemistry issues were going on in the Padres clubhouse, that I think, I mean, I think there was plenty of blame to go around. And I know Machado's status as the highest paid player and whatnot puts him in the spotlight, but, but maybe some of it fell a little too squarely on him. I think there's going to be so much incentive for a guy like Manny Machado to, to, to use as motivation for turning things around next season when he already doesn't need much of it to, yeah. to kind of get to what, what we've seen at an MVP level, when we've seen him at an, at an MVP level before. And so I think he's the kind of guy that, that uses that stuff and will probably use some of the, the talk about the Padres this offseason. They were obviously so nationally relevant last year. This year it, it feels like nationally they're an afterthought and, Manny Machado is the kind of guy that internalizes that and uses it to drive him. And so if I'm guessing, I, w- I would say that he's right back in that in that upper echelon of player, all MLB, maybe back in the MVP discussion this season. Well, that'd be a great thing for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're for talking sure. to AJ Casavell here of MLB.com about the Padres. And I know you are not even to spring training yet, as Tony so rudely pointed out at the beginning of this, that your <laughs> offseason was almost over. But and so I don't know if you have an answer for this, but how many of the guys in AAA, AA, and the minor leagues are the Padres realistically looking at having on the opening day roster? As of right now, obviously, there's there's some spots available. Now, I think there's those, those spots are going to dwindle over the next couple weeks as the Padres sign guys even at the fringes of their roster. And, and so I've, I've said this a few times, I don't think the Padres want to go into the season expecting their guys at triple a double a the guys like jacob marcy grand Pauly, those guys to be definitive roster guys like like they kind of are right now if you're mapping out a, a 26-man roster based on the players the padres have they want those guys to have to earn their spot and so you want to you want to ask your 
high profile younger players to earn their way onto the big league roster, whether that's in May, whether that's in June, whether that's at the start of the season, if they have a really big spring. And so I don't think there's probably that many places available for those guys come the start of the season. The Padres are probably pretty clearly banking on those guys to make a leap. And I don't know which of the guys it'll be, but you want those guys to, to, to maybe not just be on the roster because the Padres don't have anyone else. The Padres need to sign maybe two more outfielders, another bench guy. And if one of those guys supplants a proven major leaguer to earn that spot, then you say, Hey, all the better. We have, we got room for you on our roster and, and go out and contribute. You mentioned you've been writing about some of the positions, position by position, and you, you've hit on the shortstop spot. Xander Bogarts in year two uh, with this Padre organization. Now, it, it didn't start well for him, but it certainly ended very well for him. What do you think year two looks like for Xander? And more importantly, possibly, is it at some point, are you having to address the defensive side of this, or are we still another year away from that? I mean, it, it depends on kind of how he defends this season. I think if you get what you got last season out of him, he's, he's a perfectly capable, adequate shortstop, and yeah. then you have three outstanding defenders around him in the infield. Obviously, there's the question mark about whether whether Hassan Kim should be playing shortstop. I think it's, it's not even a question. I think Hassan Kim is a better defensive shortstop than Xander Bogarts, but Kim has proven his value enough and brings enough value at second base yeah. and the fact that Manny Machado might open the season as a DH coming off that surgery, so Kim needs to play third. Kim's in the final year of his deal. There's just a lot of reasons why there's more stability keeping Xander there at shortstop for the time being, but that is all predicated on him kind of maintaining what he's done the last three seasons defensively. He's become a better defender at shortstop, and shortstops typically don't age well defensively. But since he's kind of made some adjustments to his, to his pre-pitch routine and, and kind of the way he attacks the baseball defensively, he's become a, a decent defensive shortstop, which when you pair it with the offensive numbers that he, that he posted, particularly in Boston, but even last season, like that's a pretty good player. And so I, I would agree with you. I don't think he had a – he obviously didn't have the kind of year he wanted to have in year one in San Diego, and he was still a, a four-win player because yeah. of what he does offensively and how he pairs it with, with what he does defensively at shortstop. That's a hard player to find. And so if he can just take – if he can – I mean, he was really, really good in Boston for some of those seasons. I think 880 OPS the last the, – the five previous seasons before coming to San Diego. I mean, even if it's somewhere around like 830, 840 next season, which I think you can expect from a guy who hits like Xander Bogart. If you look at what he did in the second half last season, I think yeah. it was – it was around 850. Uh, that is a that is an extremely valuable, useful player, and and the Padres, if if they get what they got defensively from him last year, and like I said, it's hard for shortstops defensively when they when they kind of creep into their 30s. Uh, but if they get that, that's a that'll that'll be a really solid season from him. Talking to AJ Casville, MLB.com. And last one for me, AJ. We were talking yesterday. I found this prediction that Luis Campusano, with at least 400 plate appearances, would hit 20 home runs. Do you think that would, do you think that number is too much, too little, or just about right? That sounds just about right to me. The 400 plate appearances is, is the obvious kind of question mark yeah. that's, that's glaring to me because he hasn't, he hasn't done that yet. And that's not to say he can't, it's not to say he won't. I think if he gets 400 plate appearances, which is probably the right number to shoot for also, I mean, he's not, you don't want, you probably don't want a catcher in his first full season in the major leagues getting 550 plate appearances and being the everyday guy. And it's part of the reason they traded for Higashioka. 
was to to have a one B to Camposano's one A. Uh, so I, I think yeah, his ceiling is extremely high, and he's kind of one of these one of these guys where the Padres obviously are not going to replace Juan Soto with with uh, with, one, with one. There's no other Juan Soto coming into San Diego, but if they get a little bit more from Machado, a little bit more from Bogarts, if they get a guy like Camposano breaking out and he can be healthy for those 400 plate appearances and do what he did offensively, you start to see the pieces of why this offense could and I think maybe maybe should be better than what it was last season, even when they had Juan Soto. Lastly, AJ, I, I, you, you kind of hit on it a little bit in, in terms of the um, up in the airness of, of Joe Musgrove, or no guarantees, I should say, with you, Darvish, and Joe Musgrove. But those two coming in are, should be healthy to start spring training. How big of a deal? Because remember, both of those guys had setbacks or and or you know the World Baseball Classic last year. How how important you think it will be for those two to to have a healthy spring training in order to get off to a right start? Yeah, if those guys have a healthy spring and and just kind of a regular build up, and they get out on they get out on the mound. Maybe maybe those are your two guys pitching in the Korea series. Like that is that that is huge and a stark contrast to what happened last season when the yeah. Padres got off to their slow start and didn't have those guys reliably for early in the season and didn't have them at the end of the season either. And it's just if 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 those are your two guys and if Blake Snell's not coming back, that's those are the those are the guys you're going to rely on. And there are I, I just there are obviously question marks. There are both guys in their 30s who are coming off injuries, and so. Everything we've heard so far this offseason is positive on that front, but you just want to see them get out during spring training and, and build up, throw those two innings and three innings and four innings and five. And once that all becomes real and they get to the point where they're ready for the regular season, if that's the case, that is that is so big for this team because on top of those guys being really good pitchers when they're healthy, they're kind of the leaders of this rotation and two of the, the most well-respected guys in that clubhouse. No doubt about it, and, and them getting off to a healthy start could, could pay big dividends. AJ, uh, we're going to do this more often, man. It's about that time, as I told you before we started. <laughs> Your time is coming to an end, as is mine. Uh, we, we appreciate you coming <laughs> Thank on Thank you, there. AJ. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. As always, love having AJ Casavell on. We'll be hearing from him a lot more as the season approaches. That's going to do it for Gwen and Chris, for Tony Gwynn Jr., for Matt Scraby, for Chris Ello. Out in uh, Logan. See you tomorrow. (laughs) Hopefully his bus driver is a little faster to the airport on the way out than it was on the way in. Yeah, Scraby Show up next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.